to a date with a tweet, but it backfired, and we're now two weeks delayed, but myself and everyone is stupid but us, my guests today, are ready to fire. I have been told by a few people to have Sam on the pod, but I actually don't know him, and I hadn't even really followed him on Twitter before this, so this will be kind of an experience for me to learn what he's like in real life. As for the Twitter persona, you can find him at at B-L-S-M-A-S underscore NFL. Um, his account is of the full troll variety and features many retweets. So a lot of today's episode, we're going to talk about the gambling Twitter game. There's been some drama in the last few days. Um, a lot of news. We're going to go through some old Favre tweets because that's what we do here. Um, but for now, let's get Sam onto the pod. All right, so we have Sam on the phone here. Sam, welcome to the Business We've Chosen, Episode 3. Thank you. Happy to be here. So uh, I guess we'll start off. I mean, I don't really want to like do that thing where you start with the same question every time, but it seems people like it. So why don't you just tell us like what you bet or how long you've been betting or anything you think relevant about yourself for uh, this podcast? Yeah, sure. Um, how long I've been betting? Uh, I, I was pretty. I, I guess I got into it when I was like in late junior high, high school, where I kind of I played poker a lot with my friends, and that was just sort of. Yeah. like recreational but um i liked sports a lot more and like had a couple of friends who had older brothers and stuff so they would have like accounts at random offshores i don't even know if they were like the same they probably were like the bovadas of the world but the first time we like really got into it the, i'm not even a bears fan but they were in the super bowl and um against the, the colts and right. like had a bunch of friends who went through another buddy and were like oh yeah we want to place a bunch of bets like you know, and this is a guy who's like brother had accounts or whatnot. Um, so that was just kind of like the first time in which basically I just started getting like actually into it and having friends who were interested in it. Um, then went through high school, was always still interested in high school. And then uh, in college started sort of like studying at a math program. Um, that was like, a, it was basically just like applied math. Um, but the concepts were still interesting to me. I still like paid attention to the industry, I guess. And so I was sort of seeing some like cross section between those things. Um, and I don't know, I, I guess I really just kind of got into it from there and would just like spend exorbitant amounts of time <laughs> patrolling the internet on forums and other random shit to just like see what people were talking about. And then, sure. uh, got into it more by just like finding people who I thought were like, you know, I had no perspective for whether or not I knew what they were talking about, but they just like seemed like assholes, okay. which is like, like not necessarily always like the 
the be all end all, but uh, <laughs> certainly not. But um, but in this case, it just you know I don't know. I, I know there are a lot of people who are scamming who can probably convince people they know what they're doing, but the idea that there were just like some small community of nameless people out there just like telling people they were fucking idiots just seemed like very strong. And yeah. I was like, well, that seems they're they, you know they have like very strong opinions about this. I wonder if they're right. Uh, and then obviously just sort of like through college, you know, betting the same way that like most people were betting in college. Um, ended up having like real money probably like not long after I got out of college and was like, I don't know if like I should be putting my money into like like significant amounts of money into like offshore sports books. So just kind of reached out to people that I knew through like the community and basically started just building relationships there and asking for advice and, you know, sort of learning on the fly and then just like, when it came to actually betting on shit, it was mostly just like grinding like forums to figure out what even mattered. And then it was still like, couldn't learn anything. Definitely wasn't going to learn how to model from, you know, perusing SBR, even fucking like two plus two. Um, and so basically just got to a point where I was like, hey, well, I know I have some idea of what these mathematical concepts were. Um, and like, probably not totally proud to admit that like, at that time when I was in college, I was like, wow, Haralaba must be just like the absolute best, like NBA better. I really liked, liked the NBA. I was thought he was like, you know, this guy's just sick. Um, and I think there's probably like, you know, for whatever um, his clearly documented flaws are, it's, uh, I think, I think he's uh, probably just like still concepts that people like that that just can't refrain from talking about themselves or like what they do. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, there's probably still a ton of concepts that you can glean. So like paying attention really doesn't hurt. Um, and then, yeah, mostly like mostly was just sort of betting NBA around that time. Um, and betting the NFL now that's sort of more, um, in the capacity of, you know, working with somebody, um, who it, it basically owns the model itself and a lot of the actual or all of the actual concepts, within but um you know just general like benefits to people needing to be able to get down more and uh and just be able to do things uh that they might not have otherwise done or that would have been more manual in nature so what's the what is like the seville the not stupid crowd consensus on haralabob yeah, so I mean that's actually a good question. I don't. I honestly don't know. Okay. Well, I guess two things. One, like once, what's interesting is like so for the whole Seville thing. Like honestly, I, I don't even have like there's a part of the concept that like I think it all originated in like from a specific forum that I was never even on or a part of. Um, right. Like, my kind of an adopted member. Or even the list. Yeah, exactly. I kind of just was an adopted member because like uh norm gambles was like you seem like a fucking prick i want you to like exactly be in quote Seville. i mean your um, interest ended just, up you were born to be in it yeah exactly <laughs> uh so i think i think that's basically just sort of like how that whole thing came to be and and honestly like i know for a fact that like there are people who feel very strongly about it like and i think in their cases rightfully so but like Chu is a good example of somebody who, like, if you asked him about Haralabob, he would be like, it's very well documented. You could find it on 2 plus 2. He doesn't deny that his account was, you know, Coltrane Dog, or, like, whatever his, his dog's name is. 
goes on there and talks about selling Wager Street. Like he, he definitely is like, it's documented that he owned a sports book, sold a sports book, used that money to then start betting the NBA. In what capacity, I don't know. Like I think some people believe it's like, oh, he was doing it because you know he paid a bunch of fucking smart people to like build him a model because he you know sold a sports book for a shitload of money, right? Right before things started getting like fishy with respect to PayPal and and other like you know sports books having to you know reject U.S. players and stuff like that. Got it. Or even just like poker, uh, the poker community, and uh, and so I mean like. I don't know. It's funny. I think, like, in any one of these cases, like, I almost think he admitted it. Like, he was he was tweeting the other day about stuff where he almost basically just said there was a certain point at which we, like, realized our edge had dried up, and for, like, two years we kind of were betting, like, extremely successfully because we could get a bunch down with people who were just, like, taking our bets for no reason, just, like, rogue beards. And, and he even sure. said something about, like, an Instagram model. I guess they probably just used some fucking model and said, like, hey, this guy's super famous, like, he's an idiot and got down a bunch of money by being, like, you know, betting at books with this guy who's, like, a supposed supposed idiot. Uh, And I think just even, like, admitting that or even getting out and talking about it was probably, I think he's just gotten at a point and probably did even a few years ago when his name really started popping up where he was just sort of, like, getting famous and working in the NBA is probably more desirable to me now than just, like, continually grinding the NBA. Um, I also know that like there's definitely some dispute and I, this is probably something I like I probably don't have as much information on but like most forums back in the day when he was talking about all this like first half second half shit and how like it's not incorporated in the line that the pace of play changes in the second half versus the first and all this stuff like I know a lot of the examples he used were ones that people were like this just isn't true and were like you know you could find multiple different examples like you know the whole Avery Johnson thing um where that was like his go-to example that just like wasn't accurate. Um, so people kind of disputed it for that, but I don't know. I, I have a hard time like thinking, I don't think there's that large of a dispute that he just like clearly made money off of an NBA model and made a lot of it. Uh, and you know, the other shit is probably like, you know, disputing sort of like, Hey, he's famous because he just like turned a fucking 70 K bet into 500 K on the Lakers, which is just like, that's just not how he got famous or how he got his career in betting, like, or started betting. Sure. Yeah. Like, he didn't work as a sky cap and raise 70K and bet it on the fucking 2001 Lakers and make 500K and then be like, now I'm sick of betting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's the story or not. That seems almost certainly not true. But um, I right. don't really follow the NBA. It sounds like, am I right in that you're betting the NBA? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, a little bit less now than I was probably like two or three years ago because it's just sort of like when I was betting it, um, I definitely was still just sort of like, you know, betting overnights and, uh, and it, you know, before nine o'clock in the morning or whatever. And, uh, I think there was a certain point at which it was just like, Oh, okay. Like I'm not doing enough to incorporate what matters when I want to bet. So this model just isn't as good. Um, so I still bet it obviously just like in your, you know, traditional ways at offshores that aren't like quick enough to move but i do have i do bet it just sort of like based on a a model of the nba that probably kind of wins when i bet it but um certainly not in the capacity of like modeling it and betting it at post when lineups are announced or 20 minutes before the game's tip or whatever okay um so harrell bob's now somewhat in some role of making decisions at the Mavericks. It seems like 
he's done yeah, well. Yeah, he is. is he, like, got right? hired by – yeah, he got hired by, like um, – By Cuban. By right? Cuban. Right. Yeah, and Cuban was basically, like – obviously, Cuban knew who he was. He kind of, like, pays attention to this shit, and I feel like it's a classic Mark Cuban to yeah, be, like – totally agree. Yeah, we need, like, better <laughs> to be in our, in, in our like, organization. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because Cuban, like, posted something of, like, Jupiter Notebook, just, like, a Python, like, IDE, basically – and he like posted it probably like a year ago and it was just like this is what people are doing now and it was like i just thought it was really fucking funny because clearly like it was just like a couple scripts for like right outputting a ta- like outputting tabular data <laughs> but it was like so cool to him um so but yeah but cuban has always kind of been into that shit he also employed i forget what that guy's name was but he's like the same first initial and last same initial for his first and last name some guy who like was a professor or something that worked for Cuban for years and he used to just tweet out like random shit about dudes who were like, he'd be like, Oh, this lineup in four minutes was a plus six or something like that. And it was like, that was his thing. Oh, gotcha. But, um, I guess my question kind of relating back to her album, would I be correct in saying that he seems like he's doing a good job at the Mavericks? Like my understanding seems that that's kind of a point in his favor of being sharp, but maybe the bar is just really, really low for decision-making that. Yeah. He's the sharpest of the bunch, but not quite in the gambling markets or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure other people would have a different take. I, I would say the bar is, like, low for sure, but I also think that, like, if you look at the Mavericks situation, like, certainly trading down and still getting Luka at whatever fucking five or whatever it was, like, what's hilarious is that, like, I, I don't know. Obviously, other op- other teams missed that opportunity, but Luka for, like, a year and a half, two years, was, like, supposed to go number one overall. And it was like, you know, the Kings didn't do it because they had already got a point guard or something. Like, who knows what all the explanations were. But, like, a couple teams didn't make the decision. Haralabab was obviously already still, like, very much pro-Luka. I think he had been before that. Um, so, like, he was going to draft Luka pretty much regardless. And, like, other teams passing probably made that, like, a, a slam dunk. But um, yes. then you have, like, the Porzingis trade, which is, like, you know, probably I, – I don't know. Like, I look at the Porzingis trade, and I'm like, yeah, the guy was, like – perpetually injured for the like up until the point at which he was traded um like you know it's just as easy to be like wow he could have like he could still get injured or just could have a career of like having bad injuries um and you would just be like oh you know you traded for a guy who's like injury prone right like the standard narrative for like what Embiid was potentially going to be before he just became sick and uh so I, I don't know like I think it's probably a pro but I don't know that like what he did per se was like yeah like unique right Seems you know i don't think like i can't trace the yeah i can't trace the moves that they made and be like ah it's because like clearly he knew you know maybe right. tim hardaway is like a good example of somebody that he had good information on but nice but um, it's hard to know if he didn't just like lock back yeah i mean i think my like consensus understanding is that he's just like a very very sharp guy who grew up in a time when being sharp intuitively is kind of what mattered the most like just being able to find good spots and like knowing it was a good spot and putting a bunch of money in like i think he staked a bunch of poker guys and did well like obviously he was in bitcoin and did well i think he's just like kind of a generally pretty sharp guy who's maybe not like end boss smart but you're probably right that he hired some people to help him build something that was pretty darn good for nba and then maybe he like worked some accounts and was able to you know, manipulate or take advantage of some unique spots, and um, right, I mean, right. It seems like he kind of. Well, what's it. interesting to me, I'd be curious what you think about it. But like, sometimes I think about like, and this is like 
I think a total bullshit way to think, but like sometimes I think like, oh, 2005, right? Like the gold rush, like back when fucking Fezzik was winning and all this stuff. And it's like, sometimes I think to myself, like, is this like, what, should I actually be jealous that I just like wasn't uh, old enough to care or understand in, in 2005? Or like, were those people still fucking sharp? It was just like, yeah, whatever the baseline was is not the same. I think it's just that, especially back then, what it took to be sharp was just a different set of skill set. It was a different set of skills than it is now to where like, if you're really good now and you know, you get some good data and you do some fancy computer stuff with it. And like, you really know your shit because you did a lot of research. Like none of that was available to you back in the day. You kind of had to, you would have had to found your edge in a completely different way. So I think a lot of people who are good right, now, right. yeah, they would have crushed back then if they had all the same stuff, but like nobody had all the same stuff. So I've kind of viewed it as like right. relative, um, you know, it's, I think it's only harder to win now just because there's more people trying to win now, but that's kind of like the only constraint on it, I think. Yeah. I, I think there's probably like, I'm in the process of trying to like actually build a useful soccer model, especially like as the Euros approach. And I do think like that the only barriers that I think about now are like largely related to like the actual data that's like you can collect and use because there is a huge discrepancy between like what people are privy to versus what they're not. Like the shit with soccer is that like there's this company Opta that does all the that has all the tracking data, and like the NBA has a bunch of tracking data, but they're actually like providing it to people for the most part. Like I'm sure there's stuff that's proprietary that teams are just like you know they're not putting on NBA.com/staff, but you know, there's like so many people who are tweeting and talking about the NBA who do it for like a living or for a hobby who are basically getting like, you know, the closest possible thing to like legit tracking data you can have versus like soccer where like Opta will sell it to you for like six figures. And yeah. otherwise like a few websites get to use it to put widgets on there and you can get it. Like you just have to be a little bit clever about getting it, but it's like not easy. They obviously like those websites they do work with do a very like good job of trying to protect you from getting it. Um, and then there are like the people who own like stats bomb, which is just like a, a blog that was started by a guy who like used to be like own a, a professional soccer team or still does in like the second division in, in England. And they have like, they get all the opta data and they have like kind of stats bomb, but it's also just like a bunch of dudes who are definitely just betting on soccer. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like a good which example like, where the end boss of soccer in 04, like the model is just automatically different than it is today like because you just have oh yeah they were just using like shots on target and they were like well goals are distributed like plus on like oh that's sick like you know let's take a shots on target model and um yeah or even back then like someone with uh someone might correctly learn back then that like knowing a shit ton about soccer matters because you could like get a little bit more granular if you had some good qualitative info but now it's like if you have all the tracking data you probably don't need any of that knowledge. If you're just really good at manipulating the tracking data, you might be a hundred times right, better right. than that guy ever was. Right, right. That's yeah. Yeah, I think that's like a, a relatively interesting concept. For yeah, sure. I tried to do a little Especially bit of soccer like stuff, but it was, um, yeah, it seemed really hard and I quit. <laughs> it's kind of the theme of my betting. Yeah, career. I mean, I think, it, I think it just genuinely is. Like, I think genuinely, like, there's a certain degree which, I mean, obviously with, like, having acquired some of the actual like tracking data, there's a certain point at which you, I mean, you can like drive yourself insane trying too hard to make something that makes sense because of all the different like factors and, and just how like the actual game is played. But uh, I also think it's just like having that data now is so telling about how hard it must've been because it was like, 
I never really tried anything with it before. I always just kind of was like, ah, no, it's not like worth the time. But I've heard that story from like multiple different people. And I think a lot of it's just related to just like, you basically have like four categories of information. Like without the tracking data, you have like, you know, corner kicks, shots on target, you know, very few passing metrics, which even now you have, but like, you know, possession percentages, which is like notoriously just like bad ways to evaluate or compare like that be all end all in a, in a match, right? So like, yeah, it's just, it, it's just like so, so little information, yeah. uh, so much ambiguity in what, what did exist. And then I see like some of the blue circles on Pinnacle and like the matchbook volume on some of these soccer matches. And it's, it's so it's big that I'm like, I mean, <laughs> I would feel I would have to feel like I had something really good to be betting into this market, yeah. and I know, yeah. I know a guy who kind of does some not betting but analytics like professionally, and some of that seems not extraordinarily but very complicated and complex to the point where me recreating it or something like it seemed difficult, so I just kind of quit. But good luck to you. Yeah, Maybe yeah you right. Are a, Maybe you can yeah. figure it out. <laughs> I'm gonna need it. Yeah, yeah. We'll check in and uh, the re- next year's one year anniversary and see uh, just how well the Euros did yeah. go. Maybe for like the fifth podcast episode at the rate I'm going. Um, <laughs> so what are you betting yeah, exactly. right now? Are you just betting NFL? Yeah, just NFL and other like, uh, you know, just other random shit that's like, hey, look, it's you know something that was off market and moved or like. Sure. Um, I don't know, you know, props at random places, but at most, like right now, just betting me the NFL. Okay. Um, do you mind explaining how NFL betting works? I've never really bet on the NFL. Obviously, you don't have to say anything you don't want to, but is it like you're betting first half, second half stuff, full game totals? Like, when does the betting take place? Like, when does stuff move? What are limits like at what point? Um, yeah, yeah, just, I mean, just, just like full game size, but like, there are a lot of people who are doing it, like, you know, who are definitely just betting. I think it all, like, I don't know, like, I don't want to get into the actual, like, modeling of it, but, like, yeah, in general, the, the modeling, more the market how you approach it, right? Right, exactly. So, like, the markets are definitely, like, I don't know, Sundays. I, I probably am going to butcher this, too, to be to, to even an extent, because, like, I'm not always paying attention. Like, okay. Sundays after the game's kicked, they're going to post a bunch of lines, and I'm, I think that was, like, at, at Bookmaker, you could probably bet 5K on, a, like, a on an opener like i don't know how close to opener it would be but you know it's probably like 1k 2k 5k pretty quick mondays you can definitely like probably still get 5k on like wednesdays like the bet online like affiliates will go to like 10k potentially i mean obviously bet online is still you know you can follow Diggs tweets to right. see <laughs> what they're doing with respect to their limits in the, <laughs> over i have a the question last, like i have a question weeks, regarding but, that so last week yeah um, Adam Burns at Bet Online Burns, he tweeted something I saw about like, listen guys, I get it, it's snowing in Kansas City. Stop retweeting everything. The next tweet in my yeah, feed yeah. was Diggs retweeting <laughs> something about like it's snowing in Kansas City. Would it seems like that has to be a troll? But I he got blocked by the one. I don't know oh, how many totally. burner accounts he has. <laughs> I was like laughing yeah, out no, loud no, for five totally. minutes. <laughs> Yeah, 100% a troll. Like, <laughs> and I think he's probably just like, it's been fascinated with Burns for the last couple of weeks because he's just been lying about limits and I don't know. Just, like refusing to raise. It's weird it too because I don't even know if he's lying. At first, I was like, this guy's pretending that he sets the lines at Bet Online when in reality, Bet Online takes 
bigger bets than almost anyone except bookmaker um they must have someone competent doing this but maybe he right, right, right. does i don't know it's it's a really weird situation because it seems like he's being genuine but obviously he's just an idiot you know yeah, well, there's the, there's the one from the other day where he was basically like, oh, we just increased limits to, like, 50K on NFL sides, and Diggs sent him back the picture that was, like, from the other Diggs account because he blocked the first one. Right. Sent him back the picture that was, like, he was, like, definitely not, like, hovering over the red circle 5K, you right. know? <laughs> and and then there was the week before that where he was just, like, steadfastly being, like, if, unless you can prove to me that you want to get 5K down, go fuck yourself. Yeah, and if he I was even going to raise the limit, if you did DM him, you know, like if Diggs DM'd him, he wasn't going to be like, yeah, okay, I'll raise the limit for you now. I know. I actually did DM him just to see what he would say. And he was like, oh, well, give me your account number. Let me know what you want. We can work on something. I was like, I mean, I don't know where you think this is going to go, but <laughs> it's not going where you think it yeah. is. <laughs> right, right. It's not going where I wanted it to, which is just sort of like, can you actually raise the limit? I want about the limit. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so he was obviously just being difficult, but... So I guess when you're betting NFL sides, how many, like, bets are there a year? You know what I mean? Like, there don't seem like there's that many games. Most of the lines must be kind of fair. Are you betting, like, every game each week yeah, or half the most... games? Or you don't have to no, like, no. say if you don't want. No, no. And, it, like, no, certainly not. I, I would say that, like, you know, I'm just kind of picking a number relatively out of thin air, but it's, you know, somewhere between three and five, like, bets in a week. Gotcha. And it's, like, yeah, the, it's, you know, stuff where once every two weeks, maybe once a week, depending on where in the year it is, you might have a relatively large bet, something that's, like, pretty off-market. But it has to be, like, pretty off-market on Wednesday afternoon or, like, Thursday, which is, like, I think that's the hardest, like, you know, I was going to, say this because I think like we talked about the everybody's stupid but us thing and I think it's kind of funny and like I think I think Rick was probably right that there's like some level of belief that like the group has that like yeah everybody's just fucking stupid but us but I also think there's like one of the funniest things running is that like and this is more just like a personal like you know I just don't sometimes I look at model outputs and I'm like oh this is sick like you know everyone else is just stupid like you know Cowboys uh, minus two and a half in Chicago's good, or minus three in Chicago's good, and because it's you know three seven five or four or whatever, and uh, or because that's what we make it, and then all of a sudden you you know you lose and it still closes minus three, and you know you just like you know like you know NFL limits are going to fifty k on Saturday like a penny you can bet you know the the fucking most on Sunday. And, like, you know that those numbers are legit. You can just sit there on Sunday and watch the stuff move. And, then like, it doesn't take much work to just, like, take the line from the previous Sunday to the current Sunday for any given week and see who wins the most and, like, when they're betting. And so, like, it is funny. I just think the idea of, like, everyone is stupid but us is kind of funny because, in, like, the reality of it is, like, I probably would look at, like, even the stuff that with respect to NFL and, and, and I, like, others in the group more so than even me that would just be like you know we're stupid on friday we're stupid on saturday like we're definitely fucking stupid on sunday you know what i mean like yeah just basically the idea being that like the further the further the the closer we get to sunday uh and the more and like either the further away from our line in the bad in the wrong direction the line gets or um the closer we get to sunday and the the lack of actual distance between the line we make and 
the actual line. Like the closer you get to realizing you're just wrong. Yeah. So, and it's not like the be all end all, but you know, like just wrong is probably not the best way to describe it, but it's more nuanced conversation for like, you know, to talk about for like three hours about whether or not like how wrong are you because you don't make the line on Friday, how much information is being incorporated into these markets. Like there's even, even injury shit. Like I thought this was kind of interesting earlier in the year. There was like a Packer game where it was a very clear Devante wasn't, uh, going to play or was going to play i can't fucking remember what it was i barely found the not NFL play right now. Play. um who is Devonte? no Devonte adams sorry sorry yeah he's, he's a wide receiver for the packers okay and he's like the wide receiver for the packers their other wide receivers just suck and he's like you know he was there was something about whether or not he was or wasn't going to play and like it was very obvious if you just were following the injury like information and reports that what was going to happen was going to happen and then it's like there, like there was a release of like Devonte, you know, probable or questionable or whatever it was. Um, and I shouldn't have even brought it up now that I'm butchering it so bad. But <laughs> basically, the, the more of the story is that like a bunch of people bet a bunch of money at Bookmaker like on this news. Sure. And it wasn't like you know what I mean. Like you, if you were just like paying attention, you were still like ninety nine percent that like whatever the outcome was was going to be the outcome. Yeah. So there is still weird stuff like that where like. I honestly, I have no fucking clue like what it is that people are doing that like gets them to make that decision. Maybe yeah. it's just the fact that they're just like actually taking, they're just automating the actual input of, you know, receiving a like questionable, probable, whatever status and applying the logic and betting. But like, I'm sure if you've spent like loads of time trying to figure out how they were doing that, well, if you knew how they were doing it, you, you know, yeah. you'd I just think... be doing it. Yeah, I think sports is very similar. I also trade options and there's like a scale of as you have market influence and your bankroll grows, for the most part, you're significantly sharper. You know, like some dude who's betting 1K versus 3K versus 8K versus 20K, we're probably getting sharper, sharper, sharper as we go. Yeah, exactly. But at some point, it actually like starts going the other way, I think, um, in options specifically in like the stock market. The people that have the biggest bankrolls, it's not their own money. You know, it's uh, some pension system or some big mutual fund or something that's probably run by people. You know, it's not their money. They're not making that much money. They're not that sharp. And I think sports betting is kind of the same way where a lot of people betting big are like big bookies laying off some action or guys that used to be sharp who now have like a big bankroll. Um, so I think like whatever market you're in, it's not like it just keeps on going where as you get bigger and have more market influence, you're necessarily sharper. So with that specifically, the NFL, like the, the Devontae Adams example, it might be what you're saying. That's probably it. There's like someone betting, you know, 10 sports and he doesn't have time to follow the injury info. Or it might just be that there's some dude moving numbers betting huge because he has a big bankroll who's like, just not that sharp. Um, I mean, right, it's, right, it's difficult right. to like say that because if you're saying that, it should give you like a license to print money, you know? So if you haven't printed all the money, you're probably wrong about it. But that seems to be right, my exactly. general impression of each structure where like as you scale, you're generally sharper. As you move the market more, you're sharper. But it kind of curtails at a point. I mean, there are there are some betting markets that are kind of like that where someone made a bunch of money and built up a bankroll, but didn't keep staying super sharp. So they're still betting huge and still moving the market huge, 
but aren't necessarily as sharp relative to the rest of the market as they used to be. Yeah, I, I totally, I could definitely buy the latter for sure. I mean, there's obviously definitely examples where people are like, hey, you can, you know, continue to move this market at this point in time. And if you just bet more money because you made money, they'll right. continue to move it. But like, I don't know, the NBA is like a good example where it's like, you know, I could, if I'm going to sit there and beat like openers or, or lines like early in the morning and then all of a sudden it's just like, hey, look, like, I want to bet more money. Like, I'm just going to bet more money later in the day. But like nothing changes about the model. It just fucking lose, which is like what happened before I was like, oh, shit, this is not. I yeah. can't do this. Yeah. You know, think... and then, like, I think there's, like, a part of it that, like, kind of the, to the point you were making earlier, like, I, I don't know if I see it so much as just, like, there are people with a bunch of money just, like, moving markets. It's, I, I think I see it more as just sort of, like, there are outliers to, like, you have all these fucking people who, like, the general rule is, like, as you have more money, you're sharper. As you're betting later in the week, well, we're, with respect to NFL, you're sharper. You know, if you're moving lines on Saturday, you're probably winning. And you can, like, test those things to see that, like, the people who are moving the lines on Saturday are winning. And right. so, like, I think there's, like, some level of capacity or there's some level of it to, like, being that. But I also think it's probably just, like, the boring explanation of, like, yes. you know, there's probably just so an outlier in every case where you have, like, the one or two people betting a lot and, like, how they got there, what names their accounts are under, whatever the case may be. The player profiling at the sports book is just shit. And they're just moving markets that they have no business moving. Yeah, um, yeah, it's hard to know for but sure. I mean, with the NFL too. Like, like, I don't know. There's. Sorry, yeah, I was just going to say the NFL is like. I mean, even if you believe that, even if you believe that these people would have to have so much fucking money, you know, just because like. Oh yeah, you, you might watch the line even at like. You're going into Monday night or Sunday or whatever. Like the Rams and and, and Ravens line was pretty good, and like. I know we were joking about doing Favre tweets, but he had the one where he just was like, I bet the Rams, and they got fucking obliterated by the Ravens. <laughs> yeah. And I actually think it closed, like, plus three, minus 110, or something like that. And, like, by for all intents and purposes, but, like, if you watch the line for however long before, before kickoff, it was just going insane. And there's, like, a certain point at which just, like, the rich person that could have moved the market might have done it, but, like, there are just too many people with so much money that are still, like, betting the other side even yeah. after that happens. Right. And, like... Obviously, at some point, everybody, even the sharp people, run out of fucking money or at least run out of, like, what they're willing to Kelly bet on a specific game or sport or whatever. But uh, usually it's, like, pretty easy to tell that uh, the people who just keep betting uh, not only have a lot of money but, like, know what they're doing. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, the NFL is kind of weird because you're right, the limits go so high that there's an opportunity out there for someone like Favre to just like, you know, multi-click and get down a ton if stuff's wrong. But um, it seems like also there's just so few samples that like, I mean, you could bet NFL for 10 years and like be the biggest favorite in the world and still have a huge chance of losing over that time period, you know? Right, 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 right. So maybe there's just some dude who's like accidentally rich, you know? Um, Again, though, I have no knowledge of the NFL. I've never bet on (laughs) it. Well, I mean, there probably are people who, like, I mean, even if you just look at, like, people who run good in some of these contests, like, a lot of the people who win or at least are placing top ten probably have, like, some general strategy for just, like, even, like, stale line pools, right? Basically just, like, going in and being, like, oh, okay, the Giants were, you know, minus two and a half going into the week, and they're minus four now. Like, I'm going to use Giants minus two and a half, like, whatever, right? And I think there's probably, if you, like, look at those contests and, like, the actual submissions that people make, I mean, maybe I'm out of line here, but I feel like, you could just go down the list of, like, if the people are, who are, like, in the top 10 who are clearly not doing that are actually betting, like, a lot of the stuff that isn't that stale but they're winning on because of just, like, dumb luck, like, they, too, are probably just, like, 
making money in an NFL season where it's like relatively short lived and they think they're like super good. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems. Yeah, it's. I think I'd like go crazy. Do you ever like find yourself going crazy that the samples of games you're betting for a season is like incredibly small? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think like yes and no. I mean, there's like, a I go point crazy running bad like... over like. 1500 picks let alone an nfl season it's gonna be like 40 80 (laughs) yeah right 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 yeah i I don't know i think that's probably like there's some level of just like oh shit you're running bad i think by and large it's sort of just like that's kind of like the same old right boring answer just like just reminding yourself like is the process good are you doing the right thing yeah it's fine like are you beating closing lines like if you're not what are like in what reason what reasons are you not is it specific types of games are you biased against dogs, favorites, whatever, like stuff where you just kind of are like constantly tinkering that it's just sort of like, you don't think too much about it. I mean, obviously on Sunday, it's basically just sitting down and bitching, but like the rest, the rest of the time, it's not too much about like, Oh, we're actually sick. The problem is the sample is small. We're mostly just sort of like using the other general market indicators and shit like that to be like, Hey, this is good or this isn't good. Um, and if, if we, you know, if shit wins on Sunday, um, yeah, I mean, there are loads of cases where, like, we'll win bets and just sort of be like, yeah, I mean, that played out, like, well. But considering the closing line and, and having watched the game, like, you know, might have run, might have run good. I mean, we do the same on the other side, but, uh, but it, it, I don't think it drives, I don't think it drives, it doesn't drive me too insane. It's mostly just sort of like, you know, using the, all, the, all the other indicators to be like, you know, do you know what you're doing? Uh, yeah. And then the other stuff just kind of like falling in line. How much of your edge, feel free to not answer this, in NFL would you say is due to a deep understanding of football and the NFL specifically and like following the league, watching the league, knowing a lot about the teams? Yeah, I mean, my like my personal, like the role I play in this, like my personal understanding is very like relatively small, but like, I would say it's a pretty significant like portion of it is that like the person that I work with is definitely just like knows the most. Okay. I mean, it's just like grinding Twitter for like, you know, days or hours on end and like using information that like is incorporated in all of the things that people talk about, but also like waiting how people talk about shit. Like the, the, like, you know, that's, that's, I think some of the hardest things to do in the NFL is just like, when some like random sports writer on Thursday is like, Hey, here's what I saw in practice. Or when like Rappaport decides to tweet out that like something might be happening and it's just like often very wrong. Like it only takes you like either losing money or pay like thinking Rappaport knows what the fuck he's talking about um, to learn that he doesn't. And so then like, you, you know what I mean? Like there gets like, there's a certain part of it that's just sort of like, you have to make decisions on relatively low information, especially with like player injuries and stuff like that. Right. And so if you're just like not paying attention or if you're paying attention, but like not accurately waiting, like what these people, like how accurately they're talking about whatever their, you know, respective like sports team player is, how he's practicing, what he looks like in practice, whether or not he is or actually isn't questionable, like shit like that. It's like, which again, I don't like, I don't know what, like there's no right answer to like, you know, there's no math model. It's like, oh, I, you know, I just plug in 64% sure. for Rappaport yeah. accuracy. So that there's a lot of it that is, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, that's like, you know, 
again, I don't know. I, I always like, even talking about it, it's kind of like, I think, I always think of it as like a, it's just such a unique case where like, I would believe that anybody is doing anything. You know, like I, I would believe there are people who just aren't paying attention to the NFL and are winning. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I've never bet it. I mean, I'm usually when I'm betting stuff, I'm like quasi paying attention. It's just that I don't really follow sports outside of betting. Like I don't know who Devonte Adams is, which I imagine most people do, you know, just most regular 20 something guys. Yeah, um, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It seems difficult. It's hard. Yeah, like, I, mean, it, I think the, like, it's interesting to me that the sports betting progression is like when you first learn about sports betting, it's like, Oh man, you know, there must be these guys and they know everything about football and like they win and they just know everything. And, you know, Vegas knows and like, just kind of like the idiot first level of sports betting would be that you have like an encyclopedic knowledge of whatever sport you're betting. Then there's like the second level, right. which is like, you know, like Joe Pita or, or, um, Barry horse, you know, Rufus, Massey Peabody's type stuff where it's like, Oh yeah, you know, we don't watch. And like, we have these numbers and the game's played on a spreadsheet and then it's like, oh, wow, so these guys don't know anything. But when you like get to the point of being like actually at the top of sports betting, it's like, nope, you just got to work really hard and like have to know a lot of shit. And it's not just like, oh, I have these eight inputs and I win. It's nope, it's really complicated. There's a lot of smart people doing it. Um, it's just kind of yeah, funny. Exactly, like, how right. and like, yeah, and like I think you'd, like Rufus is probably a good example, right, where it's like I don't know what it was, but like, a year ago at some point he was talking about his model and I think it's, you know, he has some, he describes that he has a player model now, but there's like a, a certain point in time where like he was talking about his model winning and, and Favre just tweeted at him like, his model doesn't care, care whether or not you like your grandma is playing left tackle or Trent Williams is. Right. So like, <laughs> take that into account, right? Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, sure. Like he probably, like, I don't, like, I don't know. He probably can win on Mondays, but like, if you look at the shit that he was posting for a while, like it wasn't really winning and even still it like, definitely wasn't winning on Wednesday and Thursday. And like, I think there's a certain point at which is sort of like, you know, it's the same. Well, there's another Farb tweet where he's like, yeah, you like, you can keep doing this shit where you have like an NFL line six and a half points off market, uh, but you'll just like lose, yeah. which is fine. But like, you know, and so that's like to your point, right? There's like the level of it that's just like, Hey, wow. I'm like, you know, a one encyclopedic knowledge. And then you're like, okay, well no, it's, like you never have to watch a thing you don't have to care you don't have to pay attention you can just sit there and like you know double click and open up the command line and, and hit you know run model.py and you're great and uh then there's like the level of being like well you know do you like how badly do you want to win well in general and like how badly do you want to win more than one year in a row and in markets that are actually like massive yeah um yeah, I agree. What do you want to talk about next? Uh, fuck. What do I want to talk about? I had a tweet here that was just from Farb to Spanky that said, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> Spanky's kind of a Spanky's kind of a funny. Yeah, let's do Farb tweets. Somebody I got a bunch ask, pulled up here. Yeah, somebody told me to ask whether or not Spanky or Bill Barnwell would win in a race. I don't know if you know Bill Barnwell, but. I actually like do know about was... Bill Barnwell, and one of my oh, okay, favorite yeah. Farb tweets I have, I have it pulled up right here. On uh, July 29, 2015, Bill Barnwell tweets, wrote about Tom Brady and how much his absence will cost the Patriots. And it's a link to a Grantland.com article talking about the value of Tom Brady. Favre responds, if you ever find yourself wondering why you're poor, circle back to this article. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so good. Um, but yeah, Barnwell yeah. and Spanky are both like kind of out of shape dudes. Is that? The yeah, they're obese for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but Barnwell lost a lot of weight, like, right? He got really skinny. Like Barnwell got really skinny. Did he gain it back or is like he obese? keeping yeah. it off? Oh, yeah, he gained it all back, and wow. it was like I don't like. I, I, I know, like, my internet persona is a kind of, like, you know, asshole. But, like, I, it is, it was kind of sad. Like, he wrote, like, a whole thing about being, like, wow, I got in shape. Here's what it all took. Like, I'm, you know, this is how I've changed my life. So many, like, congratulatory stuff on his Twitter feed and shit. And then it was just sort of, like, popped up again on, like, the set of a TV show and was just massive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's tough. Um, I remember when he, when I was in college... He was writing um, some column for some Bill Simmons production where I think he literally lived in Las Vegas and like did the Fezzik quote style of pro betting where he like, oh, I, you know, I drove to the whatever fucking casino today and I bet on these teams and he like tracked his picks and stuff. And I remember at the time thinking like, oh, this guy's like pretty sharp. Like he's got like a spreadsheet, like he's doing some stuff, but I don't think it like won, although I could be wrong about that. And uh, yeah, yeah. I guess Bill Ballernwell just like isn't that smart. Is that the consensus on him? Because I only ever yeah, no, he, read he, him or knew about him when I was like you know eighteen years old or nineteen years old or something. Yeah, no, he was he kind of predated me in that way too. Like I don't know the full story about the Vegas thing, but he looked I like I I'm almost positive he moved to Vegas and did like a thing where he was gonna just like he for sure did. I'm Vegas positive about, about that. How, it was for Grantland yeah, or ESPN was, like, or something. Gonna, yeah, and he was gonna like win and then just lost his ass and was like fuck. <laughs> I'm just going to go back to writing. Yeah. You know, and I think he like I think he probably falls in the category of like between the Sunday guy and like Rufus and Peta, right? Like he falls somewhere between like just the guy who just like knows everything um and thinks they know everything and like somebody who actually knows what they're doing in modeling. Like he just got his kit he got his like big thing by just being like I'm relatively smarter than like the asshole who yells at the screen that they know everything. Yeah, he was And he would just be like, "Look, I can I can weight something like according to its context, sort of, kind of. Yeah. I remember he was working at football outsiders as like one of their guys, you know, maybe they have eight or 10 people. Oh fuck. Yeah. And then he yeah, the branched broke. out to Grantland because, or to some Bill Simmons, something because he was like yeah. the most presentable and the most, you know, most of those guys are like really weird on football outsiders and like not really, you don't want them being the face of something that you want people to read, but Barnwell, for whatever reason, just kind of, it's kind of like that money ball type thing or, you know, the berry horse type thing where like generally people who have a brain can be fooled into thinking he's very smart. Like when I was, you know, 18 or 19, like I was like, oh yeah, Bill Barnwell, he seems pretty smart. And I think generally he is oh, yeah, totally. fairly smart. It's just that when you realize the context of how good you have to be to like actually win at these major sports. It's like, well, you don't have to just be smart. You have to also have these three or four other things. Right. Right. And you're like, I also think there's like a level of which, like I probably not going to get popular response for like saying this, but I also think there's a level of just like being a generally smart person. And like in any context outside of betting on sports, like it's a perfectly fine thing where like not everybody you look at in like the workplace or whatever is like, Oh, is that person like good at their job? Like, do I think they could win at betting sports? Like, probably not. They're a fucking idiot. You know what right. I mean? Like, there's a certain point at which you're just sort of like, you can be a smart person um, in like the 99% of cases in the world we think about like being smart and applying your like intelligence. Um, and then there's like delving into a space where you just like aren't that type of smart.
aren't prepared for it or whatever and aren't doing the right things. And yeah. then you're just like, and he was also like, I mean, I think the Barnwell thing that like everybody really, he was also just like, he just furiously fucking blocked people. He could, you know, he might be like Aaron Rodgers threw for 65 yards. He'd be like threw for 64 and he'd be like blocked. You know, he was just like, that was just his thing. So people got so fed up because he was just, acted like the smartest guy in the fucking room and then when you were like hey maybe you're not the smartest he was like block the only people who will be on my twitter feed think i'm the smartest yeah i think it's also like it's very very difficult to understand that there are these anonymous twitter trolls who are like total assholes and just hound you relentlessly who actually are a lot smarter than you because usually like the type of people that are doing that are like you know maga trolls or Epstein something trolls or like Soros trolls, like just these ridiculous things. But with sports betting, for whatever reason, the people doing it actually know what they're talking about. So I think like shots in Barnwell, sometimes they get justifiably confused. Like, okay, quit yelling at me, anonymous troll, rather than like saying, oh, maybe this guy knows what he's talking about. Um, But yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's right. But I also think that's like, that's sort of what I was leading with in the intro where I was like, that was like, I would see these anonymous trolls and they would just be like replying and be like, but in a, a lot of cases, like even the trolls weren't necessarily saying like, you're wrong. They were just sort of like, you're an idiot. You're wrong. Here's how it should be. Yeah. And you like, look at that. And you like, if you're, if you're a person who cares about how it actually should be, like you have the choice. You get to read the one that Barnwell, Barnwell posted or the one that somebody replied. Right. And if you just want to be like, oh, any, any anonymous troll who replies doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about, then that's fine. But like, if you just look at the two of the scenarios and then you're like, okay, now I just use my brain to figure out who's right. Like, you know, it's only one of the two people in that case. And you, you know, at a certain point you start doing that exercise over and over and over again. You're like, man, these fucking anonymous like trolls really seem like they're right more often. Yeah. Oh yeah, they do. It's just, and then you just kind of pick a, you know, you just pick a side, right? You're like, oh fuck. It's, uh... Yeah. You got to like kind of take it in earnest. Um, Right, exactly. Yeah, I have another one here from Favre. August 5th, 2014. Just finished my 2014 NFL projections. Should I use them to make millions or sell them for $10 and pennies in referral money like Aaron Schatz? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I have a good one. The, 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 he's like, Jay Glazer tweeted something like October 2018. He's like, the Texans concerned about the effect air pressure can have on Deshaun Watson's bruised lung and injured ribs sent Watson to Jacksonville via bus. And Favre just replied, like, oh, it's the Aaron Schatz. Like, it was basically just sort of like, because Aaron, apparently he, like, took a fucking bus to Phoenix to be, like, to join a conference or something, or took a bus from somewhere. It might have been for Sloan, unless, or, like, Sloan, he was just, like, sitting at a bar outside of Sloan. Like, he didn't pay to actually go to Sloan. (laughs) He just, like, was like, hey, I'll be at a bar across the street for anybody who, like, leaves the Sloan stuff if you want to just come, like, talk sports with me here. Right, but he just like repeat, like he just like too poor, like frugal to actually pay for the Sloan stuff. Yeah, that's funny. Um, let's see what else I got. Yeah, August twenty sixth, two thousand fifteen. Flying commercial first class is always an extremely humbling experience. Hashtag private or bust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, I like the he had like a derby tout from in May 2018 obviously uh, May and the narrative was like my friend's two year old son is named Jack another one of my friends is also named Jack 21 to 1 in a race with only 20 horses where literally anything can happen is too much odds (laughs) 
which I just thought was fucking hilarious because it's just like a, a actually hilarious way to describe like the twenty-one to one in a race with only twenty horses. Yeah, he has one um, kind of on a related note. Let me see if I can find it. This one got. I think this was my favorite Favre tweet of all time. If it's like the next level troll that it probably is. Let me see if I can find it. Um. Anyway, he says something like... Oh, this is the one we were talking about. Yeah, he's like, I want, looking for 5K on a Super Bowl head toss to be tails at plus 100 or better. (laughs) Does anyone want... Yeah, like he refused to take anything anything but head. He wanted 5K on 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 the toss. We refused to take anything but heads, but he would take heads at any, you know, plus 100 or better. Right. (laughs) So good. That's good. Some of the ones I have here are like... Uh, RAS pick or RAS tweets, like, but I, I actually think that's kind of an interesting concept. Well, he did post the, he posted the thing to Spanky when Spanky said he was going to do a podcast, and he was like, one topic you should cover is like, which topic should you buy? And I was like, oh, well, we should cover that for sure. Like, none, definitely don't buy any fucking touts. Um, but I was kind of curious. Like, I feel like you aren't, and maybe I've just missed miss. miss understanding some but i feel like you aren't as anti rass as like maybe the average person yeah i think it's um yeah i think with ras specifically i'd say like my knowledge of them is probably higher Mm -hmm. than anyone who talks about them so i feel like i have an informational advantage into how they operate how it works so sometimes i see i think a lot of the complaints are legitimate but a lot of them are not. Well, the stuff um, about them like run running their clients, right? Like that is, I mean, there's a certain point at which it's like I think that was like documented and they like basically apologized for it, right? Yeah, I that was before my time. I think you're correct about that. Um, I think the thing okay. with RAS and touts in general is like I totally get behind the Seville concept of like it's very very difficult for a tout to have value, perhaps impossible, but. RAS is an example of a tout who I personally know multiple people that have made millions following their picks. Like, it's really hard. Like, if you want to follow their picks, you're probably not going to be able to. The line's probably going to move too fast. You're not, you're going to get kicked off your book. You're not going to be able to follow shit. Like, it's hard. But, so like, in that sense, yes, it's impossible to find a tout that just gives you money. But there are like touts that can be used informationally. Now, I wouldn't buy RAS because I wouldn't be able to work, make it work for me. Um, but some people do. I think that the reason Seville in general gets upset is because RAS kind of masquerades and is acknowledged as kind of the end boss of all end bosses. When in reality, like that's not true. Um, he's right, not the right, best. 100%. If he bets at post, he probably wins, but not the most. Um he's had to scale his operation in a different way. Um, so the fact, like, I think people just kind of miss the mark. If you're, if you're, if the goal for you is to be the smartest and be the best, then yes, I understand the frustration with RAS because he's kind of acknowledged as the best when in fact he is not. But if the goal is to like make a lot of money betting sports, there are like not many people who have done it better than RAS. And that's just like a fact. So when I see some of the stuff like right, hating right. on him, I'm like, well, which point are you hating on? Like, what do you acknowledge that he's made a ton of money betting this stuff? And like his stuff is very good. 
um, in in these like you know fairly small markets. I'm sure that a lot of guys in Seville right, right, could right. also make something very very good, um, but maybe would not be able to scale it. Um, yeah, so I right. just get confused sometimes. It's like, oh yeah, well, how much are you going to be able to bet on a second half, you know, college basketball total? And it's like, well, maybe you can't bet a lot, but there's some people that can bet a lot, <laughs> and beating uh-huh. second half college uh-huh. basketball totals kind of a valuable skill. Um, so yeah, it's not NFL yeah, where you can I, I multi-click think... Pinnacle and like to do that, anyone can do that with a log with like an internet connection, and you got to be the smartest guy in the room. And the way RAS does it, kind of no one else can do it. But I still kind of think it's solid. Like, I respect the opinion. Yeah, I mean, the line's probably going to move instantly and you won't be able to get it. And then you don't want to tail it for sure. But, um, yeah, I think the only other types of touts you could get that could be useful are guys like Eddie Walls, who um, I don't know if you bet college football or follow it really, but Eddie Walls has been betting it for a while, I think, professionally um, at kind of the smaller scale as a professional betting and he recently in the last few years has started um touting and it's just like you can buy the picks i think there may be a thousand dollars for a season or something and he gives out mostly college football totals on maybe tuesday or wednesday so fairly early in the week but nothing crazy um and his knowledge of college football is approaching like encyclopedia level he just lives the stuff like in may Favre had some joke about, like, should I go to an IMAX movie or should I, like, work on my NFL numbers? Um, He's like that in April. Like, he's grinding college football four months before or after the season started. And as a result, he has a lot of, like, I'd say semi-unique insights that are usually not backed up by math or, like, not backed up by my math. I end up fading him all the time after the stuff moves. Um, But that I think that's the example of a tout that, like, could have value potentially because like no one's really going to bang this stuff because the samples are so small and it doesn't seem like he's the biggest winner in the world but it could be useful you can tail him the lines don't move instantly they've won so far i don't know if they'll win in the future but like yeah like can a tout be useful maybe is a tout going to hand you free money probably not but like who is right right but I think even, like, the Seville crowd, right, like, or even, like, if you look at, like, Sprager's chart, right, the chart that just floats around, it's like, here's why you won't win fucking betting a tout, and it's pretty much, like, bang on, right? Yes. And I think the reason that, like, it is that way, like, I don't think anybody really disputes that, like, there's some unique scenario where, like, if the, if the stars align, you could probably win doing this thing, but, like, even in sport, like, even when you talk about this stuff, right, it's, you're still talking about it, like, at a general level, like, we, there, obviously people delve into it, like, the granularity of it. Uh, to some degree, but like you still talk about it at least at like, is it worth like every time you get on Twitter, or go onto a forum and you're like, should you, should you tail a tout? You don't have like this forum or this like similar where you can sit there for 20 minutes or an hour and dissect like every outcome where you could potentially win by tailing a tout and being like, yeah, okay. Like these cases are really bad, but here are some weird, unique ones where like, you can do this thing if you do it at this time and if you're there paying attention when you need to be and they don't move the line right now, but maybe they know what the fuck they're doing. Like, there are just so many scenarios where you would have to just, like, write this big, long list and then somebody might read that and be like, oh, shit, you can win, you know, tailing a tout when the whole point of the list is, like, you can't win tailing a tout. Like, yeah. and, you know, then you have your weird, like, 
like you said, right, maybe there's this case where you, if the stars align, you could, but uh, it's a lot easier to talk about it in the way of being like, just don't fucking do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's one of those things, like, the general rule for sure should be to not do it, but, like, a lot of this stuff is very low downside, potentially very high upside, and it kind of is weird to me that, like, the Seville crowd will not acknowledge... I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's weird because, like, on the one hand, you have Barnwell who's, like, blocking people for saying, oh, you're wrong about this. But Seville kind of does the same thing, you know? And obviously they think they're right, but there are a few specific cases, like, where it's not correct, you know? Um, right, right, right. Yeah, no, I, I buy that. That's... Yeah, I think the RAS stuff is... I mean, the, the key, it's like tricky. you said, like, you gotta give... about, like, actually Sorry, clowning them for the shit they should be clowning for, right? Like, which is, like, I don't know. Like, one of the far tweets I highlighted was, like, RAS was, like, how hard is it? In, 20, in a 2014 sub- subscriber survey, 15, 57% of respondents indicated that they're able to get the release line at least half the time. And far right. just like 57% of the time, it works <laughs> half the time. Like, right, obviously the front-running thing is like super right. fucking bad. Of course, uh, yeah. I mean, the so general like principle... Where like, if you're trolling them for the right shit, that's probably fine. But I, I also don't think too many... Like, I think there's probably a, a, some group of people who like, even if they're trolling them, probably do believe exactly what you said, which is like, I'm sure they're winning... Like I'm sure, I'm sure he wins. I'm sure he's made a career off this. Like, but this shit is still bad, right? Like, right. Yeah. Um, yes, I agree with that. It's if you choose to take, like, it's an indictment of touts that the greatest tout of all time. You maybe, I mean, if you are a random person, you have no chance of like making money following them. If you are yeah, me yeah. and like know a lot about sports betting you have like you know a 10 percent chance of being able to make money following them so that is for sure an indictment yeah, of right. touts but like there right. are a couple people that do it you know yeah no yeah, yeah. That um, makes sense. what else what else should we talk about here we are one hour into the podcast this has been going uh pretty good i think so far it's been going a while yeah oh i really like this tweet um symbol i have it labeled as symbol versus pigeon um, which is just so Jason Symbol is like a you know sports book. I don't even know what his actual role is. I could probably click on his Twitter account and see what he describes. He doesn't describe himself as anything. He's nothing. He's just like a random guy who works at some like shitty Vegas book that you know doesn't let you bet on anything. Okay. And he tweeted in June in June of 2018. He tweeted, "I just got home to find a pigeon sitting on her nest on my balcony. It's right as you open the door. Any suggestions?" And Favre replied, hide in the back room while one of your employees tell her, tells her she's banned. <laughs> yeah, that one is so good. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I mean, I do find that there are so many people on Twitter, like, you know, Bet Online Burns and like that guy you're saying, who, you know, masquerade like they're at the top of the industry or something, when in reality they have no clue. Oh, totally. But um, I think the yeah. audience, there's just, you know, how many people actually know how sports betting works in America? Like, a thousand <laughs> and how many people think I mean, they do basically yeah. any guy under the age of under the age basically any man probably thinks he does you know yeah. the amount of times right. i like go right. meet some random person and it somehow comes out that i like bet on sports they'll be like oh yeah man i like you know i got this model and i was crushing this thing like you know <laughs> most people don't oh, really totally. have a clue I, I have like anytime it just kind of comes up in casual conversation, like you said, you talk to somebody, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, you're interested in like betting on sports." Like I, your friend mentioned, like you like to gamble, whatever. It's always just like, yeah, you know, like me and my dad had this system growing up, where like on Sunday we would do this thing, and you were just like, "Oh, that's like really sick, sounds good." But like to your point, like literally everybody, any dude is like 
right. has some sort of connection to it. Yeah. There was one tweet from Favre. Let me see if I can find it. Um, he tweeted... Fuck. Oh, okay. Here we go. I think this oh, is kind of the same thing as you. It's from at Matthew Holt VP. July 11th, 2016. Just heard from a reliable source that the Draymond Green issue is a bad one. Let's hope that it's not as bad as I heard it is. Favre replies, I'm sure the guy who limits known winners to 1K bets on NBA sides is connected all the way to the top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had that one flagged too. That one was like an insane one because he was just fucking way wrong, just so wrong. And it was like a totally ridiculous thing um, and, and ended up kind of being hilarious. But uh, that one was good. I also had him, uh, there was another one that he wrote to Holt um, who... I forget what he tweeted. For all those asking me, yes, I gave notice at, at Cancer Gaming two weeks ago. Today was my last day. I'll send out details of the new venture I'm part of soon. Thanks. And Favre just replied, has to be something involving William Hill. I mean, what else does hitting the decline bet button qualify you for? <laughs> yeah. these. Uh, there's a stretch of Favre tweets from when he was blogging about golf where he, you know, ran bad. I mean, golf, betting on who's going to win a golf matchup is basically the most random thing in the world. And like, the, the biggest winner in the world might lose for a decade straight. It's just so random. But he was running really bad, losing a bunch of money. And he would just have these tweets like, I'm going to have to call in a penalty on this person. Or like one time. That was fucking, it, I love that. He yeah. did it so many times I that I think he actually tried to, I mean, it seems insane, but maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There was there was a tweet where the, they like changed the rules or whatever, and because it was the whole Tiger thing at the I don't know it was one of the tournaments where Tiger just like somebody called in the the two point penalty on him or something two, two stroke penalty, and he like the next year they changed the rule that you like couldn't call into the PGA Tour right. to like call in an actual rules complaint. And he just quote tweeted and it was like there goes my last legitimate edge in golf. I know, like, <laughs> but like there's so many hilarious. previous ones like. On June 18th, I think this is from the U.S. Open, he had, uh, I think it was like, you know, he would have won 500K if Brian Harmon had won, who's, you know, maybe the 100th best golfer in the world, and he would have lost if anyone else had won, and the guy ahead of him was Brooks Kepka, you know, one of the best golfers in the world, and he was just like, come on, come on, Harmon, like, do this for me, let's get back to even. Harmon loses, I think. Oh, yeah, by... there are a lot of tweets from, like, 2015 where he was just, like, writing, he was just, like tweet at Jason Kokrak or whatever, and he's like, just blast it out there today, right. buddy. <laughs> um, and then at the end of this US Open, he tweets, incorrect scorecard one time, please. <laughs> and then yeah, at, right, the next, yeah. at the next, at the PGA, um, Justin Thomas beat uh, Kevin Kisner, and I think Favre had a lot on Kisner and lost on everyone else. And he, after JT wins, he goes, time to start rewinding and looking for rules violations. <laughs> <laughs> related not really but there was a like rules violation penalty that dustin johnson was assessed when the ball like moved or whatever when he was on the putting green right and and, and far tweeted like not proud of it but i've called that penalty dj was assessed countless times during big money games in desperate spots i know like, thank you usda <laughs> he said it so many times i i kind of believe that he might have actually called something in i mean maybe it works you know if you find something they'll call it yeah it's very possible i mean if you got enough at risk you might as well right yeah there was that was so good. I would love for him to start doing that again, but yeah. I guess not. 
Um, what else we got here? What, what else should we talk about on the pod? I have a question from the previous pro- podcast guest, um, Rick. He wanted to know, is Nick, Nikola Jokic the greatest player to ever live? Follow-up, oh, favorite yeah. NBA analytics Twitter takes. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. I, I was thinking about that. I don't know if I have, like, a my, – my thing is, like, in whatever, like, somebody replied to me at one point when I was trolling some person on NBA Twitter and probably, like, made a fair point that they were just sort of, like – like, isn't that your thing, just, like, being contrarian? Like, your issue is that, like, these all these NBA Twitter guys just, like, get on Twitter and just, like, to show off how smart they are, basically just, like, I'm going to pick, like, the guy who's, like, really, really fucking good and just, like, kind of oversell him yeah. and, like, just do so for the sake of, like, because, it, like, if you told them, like, oh, okay. Like, I always think of it like this. Like, if Kobe Bryant was, like, actually fucking legit, right, because Kobe's, like, a huge – it's, like, whatever, like, semi – like, any Barnwell – person in the world is basically like oh if i say kobe sucks i'm a fucking genius right like kobe wasn't that good sure or like carmelo is not that good if you say that you're just like anointed a genius and like there are so many people on twitter you can argue with because there are so many people that believe they actually are but i just like don't find that that interesting to be like hey i'm gonna pick like the very obvious case that like most people who care about this and spend as much time doing it as i do know yeah I mean... or i can like just like do something actually relatively interesting like I think there's just so much of that in like NBA analytics, Twitter, just like people being like, Hey, I like want to show off how smart I am. And I'm going to do so by like kind of having a relatively like hot take, not really sort of kind of, um, but like it's only hot to like the population of people on Twitter that there's just, so, that's so plentiful that will just like jump into my mentions and be a total right. fucking like asshole about it. But they're also like wrong. Right. It's, it's like the Bomani Jones. Right. Yeah. It's like, I think that's his patented move. It's basically, you just like, Tweet something out that's kind of ridiculous. Block anybody who, like, replies to you or has a dog as an avatar. And then only people you, quote, re- reply to are the ones with the dumbest possible fucking responses. And it's like, you know, you build this narrative around yourself that you're so smart because you pick one of, up, out of a thousand replies and you're like, oh, I'm going to pick the dumbest possible one. Pretend this was, like, the norm of people replying to me. Totally ignore the stuff that is legitimate and then just, like, rail on this dumbass for being yeah. a dumbass i think it like that that sort of thing just appeals to so many people that the reason people do it is it just like kind of works you know the um barry horse right. was kind of like that at the end of his twitter account where he would be like oh you know i bet on this up-and-coming golfer and all his mentions were like there you know it'd be some kid who was in college or an amateur or something his mentions would be like, bro, like, whoa, like, you have a model for, like, this golfer? I never heard of him. And, like, I follow golf probably closer than, like, anyone. And I'm like, yeah, this guy is the number one college player in the world. I've known about him since he was right, 11. Right. Like, everyone with a brain. Right. Like, this guy's right. on the cover of Golf Week at 14. Like, everyone knows who this person is. <laughs> and you're betting him at an yeah, insanely right. inflated price because everyone wants to bet him, you know? <laughs> choosing to like play this player in dfs this weekend he's like is this like gut or is this the algo and he was just like oh it's definitely it's 100 percent the algorithm that paid for all of like my house cards and jewelry yeah i have that one too it's so good another i'm just gonna go i have i copied and pasted a bunch of these when i was doing research for the pod into my like saved messages on telegram which is like my journal if you will so i've got like a hundred of these in a row yeah um fezzik november 12th 2017 I just bet Browns more first downs plus four minus 115. One fine bet. 
Favre quote teats it. Imagine yeah. fancying yourself one of the all-time greats, and this is what you're thinking about an hour before post. <laughs> yeah, so fucking good, so good. I I, I flagged the Fezzik one. I can't, oh man, I should be able. To, I should find it because it's just so good. But there's the one. Well, there's two. Oh, I gotta find this one. It's when Craftman was. Hold on, I, I have I have it as labeled as where Fez and RJ eat. Oh, and yeah. it was like Bill Crackman or something or something or, or no True Poker Joe. It was True Poker Joe. It's like, like wrote a fucking sports betting betting. Yeah, and he's listing like, the steam that that's on Mondays. To to RJ in Vegas. What is it? Isn't this the one where he goes like listing what other groups bet yesterday is like where those guys eat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He basically was like he posted this pick of like under two seventeen at like or this at win or stations or something and was like. uh when you go tout, you should talk to RJ in Vegas and Fez, and Fez Sports, tweeting out other groups' moves at stale Vegas lines is where they eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is just so good because it's like Fezzik also had that thing. I, I should have had this tweet flag, but there was like the thing where like uh, Favre just was replying to him or saying something about him because where he would just like post on pregame. He would post like on Tuesdays or something like that or, or Wednesdays, and there'd be like a big NFL move. And Fezzik would be like, my five best picks this week. And they would just be all of them would just be like moves that that weren't still there. It was just like the stuff right yeah. after it had moved. Like he would just sit there and look at the screen on Tuesday or Wednesday or whenever he posted it, and just be like, "Okay, this move, this move, this move, this move. Okay, my five were what the like my five good picks were where these were two hours ago." Right. Yeah, it's it's hard. I think it's hard for you know the the low level intelligence better to understand that like if you bet something minus four and something minus five, the minus five will win. By a you know two percent less off or some some amount less off. Right, exactly, exactly. Right, they're like, well, what do you mean? Force the sharp without sounding like a fucking prick. Right, exactly, (laughs) exactly. You like never have that conversation with somebody. Like that's why it's just so uninteresting to talk about. I feel like just like talk about sports betting with people who don't do it because just like like the the most like frustrating thing to do is just like in passing be like yeah I lost a bunch of money like doing this and like somebody will reply and be like really you did that and it's like go fuck yourself yeah. You know? Yeah, that's kind of like why I wanted to like make some podcasts is there's just like no good content out there for someone like with a brain who wants to learn a little bit. And there used to be, but there kind of isn't anymore, you know? Um, so I just kind of wanted to like make oh, yeah, some no, convos of great. people like with a brain talking. Um, yeah. Let's see what else yeah. we got here. I mean, you get a lot of that shit now where people basically are just like, hey, I'm like, the worst shit that I see is people basically just being like, hey, look, like, you know, because I think to your point, right, like you can learn a, a shitload by just sort of like paying attention without like people don't have to say that much. Like I always think it's kind of funny because like people are so or at least in a lot of ways, like are so protective of like their edge and the information that they're releasing. And I think should be. But it's also like human nature. It's like the, everything I learned was just like people being too willing to like yeah. talk on the Internet about what they do, you know, sure. like and I'm not even saying like I'm not even saying like building a model is like. You know, it's just like people being like, oh, here's like, you know, even the, even like the, the concept of what Seville does, right, which is just like, you know, putting somebody on blast for being wrong is like in and of itself probably sharing more information than necessary. Like if you really wanted to protect your edge, you would just like let these people yeah. parade around the Internet thinking they're right. Right. But luckily for all of us involved, everyone continues to think they're right after all the interactions anyway, so. Right, exactly. It's, it hasn't stopped them for sure, which is great. But I, it's like funny that even to some capacity, even in some like I think Rufus, right? Like I, that's one thing that totally fucking baffles me. It's like the guy seems like the most like 
like he wants to save. I mean, if you, I've listened to his, like, I hate listening to his podcast all year long, and it's basically just, like, him talking about, like, how, you know, oh, I don't know how long my edge is going to exist or whatever, and then he'll just like, follow that up by being like, here's how I make an NFL line. <laughs> here's, my, here's my fair on this one. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's a good thing that the fair is just wrong, but, like, if it weren't, it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, that's not, like... Uh, it's just yeah. weird too because it's like one thing to just admit that like I don't care I'm just going to share fuck it money means nothing to me but it's another to be like I do this for a living I like might move to Canada so I don't have to pay taxes or whatever and be like you know I got to just move around and like all this shit and then all, and like the same breath be like and by the way like here's every college basketball line I made today or you know whatever yeah it's, like, it's weird I don't like um, it's just an odd I don't know it's odd behavior yeah I think to some people they do it because they don't under if you just started off as a blank slate and tried to start like running it up in sports betting, you'd probably run into some like real barriers, regardless of how good your fares were that might just stop you. You know, like you might not realize that you can bet, you know, a hundred thousand dollars on a football game, like how that would happen, or right, the right. mechanics of it. So I kind of don't mind it when there's people like Joe Pita, you know, who, you know, they're not the sharpest guy in the world, but they have some general clue what they're doing. And I think they just don't really understand the sports betting market at all when they're releasing like, oh, here's my fares. But it's really weird when Rufus, who's like, you know, made an income doing this for uh, 10 years, a long time, is like publishing it. But I think with Rufus specifically, he's pivoting to his next role because he kind of knows the game's up for, you know, making fares and stuff. Right, exactly. And I think it's like funny because I, I like I, I think of, like, Pete and Rufus in that way just because, like, somebody was telling some... I don't even remember what the story was, but it was, like, Pete doing something with respect to golf that, like, somebody had already done. Or maybe it was baseball, but, like, somebody had already done, like... Yeah, he did a... Know, ten it was, years prior. It was incredibly egregious. Um, so he, he came up with this thing in baseball that he called cluster luck, where, like, you know, if oh, you right. get, yes, if you exactly. get eight hits in one inning versus one hit in eight innings, right, you'll score a different right. amount of Which runs, just, like, so let's sequencing. adjust that. Yeah, so I think yeah. the people in the actual community call it sequencing. Disclaimer, I know nothing about baseball. Um, but anyway, he he reinvented it a few years later or maybe a year later or some amount of time later, and it pissed off some people, you know, like the Spragers of the world or people that, like, really follow MLB, but I didn't really follow it. Right. Then with golf, um, which I follow, he posted, like, he wrote a book or, like, an ebook or something, and he took strokes game, right. which is like the one golf stat that exists. It's been around since like 2005 or something, like 2009, a really long time. And he changed it to like par was his acronym, like positions above relative or average positional something. Like he just completely stole the concept and tried to rename it. It was, it was just absolutely absurd. <laughs> um, yeah, well, that was the reason I, I thought yeah. of that was because Rufus last week, there was like, and I don't think Rufus is, like, guilty of doing this all the time, but it was, like, he was talking about hidden yards on his podcast or whatever, and he was, like, I'm going to call this hidden yards, and then, like, proceeded to tweet about hidden yards for, like, six tweets. And hidden yards is just that, like, if you're at an opponent 15, you can only gain 15 yards. It's just context-neutral It's just context neutral statistics. It's, like, sure. <laughs> you know, he's, like, I'm going to call this hidden yards, and it was, like, well, when did you gain the yards? Where were you when you started gaining them? Field position? Have you thought about field position? It's, like, what the f- like. Yeah. I get, like, there's probably some collection of people who are, like, reading his shit same way I was when I was reading, like, Kralabub shit, you know, eight years ago. 
and probably reading it and being like, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about it. Like, there probably are those people. But it's just the idea is weird to me to be, like, so involved in this space and be like, I'm going to call this hidden yards. Yeah. <laughs> and pretend that, like, it's not something that people are, like, doing. Yeah. Um, let's see. We got one here from Rufus. He says, someone trolled someone about Nate Silver, which is, you know, very pe- – people have opinions on him. And Rufus goes, yep. how did Nate Silver fail last time? You know, he was above market on Trump. I, You would have made money betting on him. And Favre comments, shocked to see you siding with a guy who willfully publishes the outputs of crappy models. <laughs> it's like the yeah, perfect right, exactly. description of each of them. Um, yeah, 100%. <laughs> That was a good one. I had it. There was another one. Of, I, I had it labeled as government shutdown, which was good. I think it was like, oh, oh yeah. Great. So they, the notice was like Fresno State versus Air Force been postponed due to the government shutdown. It was like a, you know, Don Best alert. Right. <laughs> Barb was just like, now that it's impacting gambling, it's time to get nervous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great. I, that's, that's so crazy that that game was postponed because of the government shutdown. Um, yeah, as well. But I guess that like, I'm, yeah, I don't know anything about yeah, I don't know how either. those government shutdowns work, but I guess it's Air Force, so I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. All right, well, let's pick one more topic to finish it off on. What do you want to talk about? Um, I don't know if this is, like, the right topic to finish it off on, but I didn't like that Joey Nish guy, that, like, that whole fucking Kelly and Vegas saga. Oh, yeah, that's, a podcast. if you want to... That was fucking bad. What do you got? Which was, like... Well, you want to give a summary like, for the he, listeners? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So essentially what happened was he went on a podcast and he went with three dudes who he, like, is friends with or close to. I don't know what the actual, like, how he relates to them, but they were, like, friends of his and went on this podcast. And then when he went on the podcast, like, apparently it came to light that he had, like, made fun of Kelly in Vegas years before, rightfully so, like anybody should. <laughs> and And then, like, she must have just, like, through her connection to Wager Talk, which is just a fucking tout site that, like, you don't really need sponsoring your podcast anyway, like, told Wager Talk they were like, yeah, we're going to pull a sponsorship or something of that nature. And this guy basically went on Twitter afterward and was like, look, I just want to bury the hatchet with you, Kelly, in Vegas, all this shit. Like, I, you know, now that this is affecting some friends of mine, the sponsorship for their podcast. And it was just so fucking egregious because it was like, one, like, and obviously there's a close connection to, like, Groove and Mahoven like rest in peace who um like actually did pass away and when he passed away like kelly and vegas legitimately like tweeted celebrating his death so like a lot of the people who were applying were like very closely connected to grooving and were like you're just like don't sympathize with someone who's just like colossal piece of shit but it's also just bad like i think sprager had a pretty like after reply and i'm just like paraphrasing here but it was basically just like you shouldn't have to sell yourself out for somebody who like is a tout and a shitty person to save a sponsorship of a shitty tout site. Right. Like, <laughs> Wager Talk is not like, it's not like Kelly and Vegas was connected through like Samsung or Sony and Sony was paying these people a bunch of fucking money and she just so happened to be, it would have been wrong regardless, but it's like that they're protecting the Wager Talk sponsorship of their fucking podcast. Like, you could probably pass on the Wager Talk money. Like, you'll live <laughs> and you should pass on the Wager Talk money. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny to me that this was kind of some gambling Twitter drama, and then bet the process when they were sponsored by the Action Network was also some drama. Oh, where, like that they bad, addressed yeah. it every episode. I haven't listened to that one in a while, um, but it's just kind of funny to me 
sitting here in a random apartment in Canada. Like, I guess their podcasts are maybe of higher quality than this one, but like my production costs are zero. I plug in a USB cord no, to my not. laptop and there's a microphone. It costs me like 80 bucks. It's right. just no, seems, I don't not. understand not, why like, there's the, always the, these the beats. The podcast voice quality is not better. Nothing's better. Like, it's just like it sounds exactly like this. And like, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, like there, there is no production cost. Not to mention, like, I, I don't it's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. Like, you buy a microphone or something, like, if you really want it to sound clear. Like right. get some audio equipment that probably costs you like a couple hundred bucks. Like you probably have made that. If they've made that from Wager Talk, they can just tell them to fuck off now, and they've got all they need. Like, yeah, I think um, it's just weird. Yeah, I think it was like I kind of agree with you in Seville that it wasn't a good thing to do, and I honestly think that he kind of agrees it wasn't a good thing to do, and I think he now regrets it. Right. Um, yeah. Right. Right. I mean, yeah, Kelly I in Vegas, obviously, like, celebrating people dying is probably not a good thing. Um, <laughs> Like I, yeah, I think I, I understand kind of all sides here, and everyone kind of seems justified in reactions. Right, right, yeah. Well, no, the funny thing about the, even, I mean, this is a little different from the, the this Kelly and Vegas thing, but the funny thing about the best of process thing when it was all happening was like, it's Jeff Mon Rufus. Like, for as much as like I chide them about being like weird with respect to sports betting, it's like they're just like two rich people. Like, you, they have money. Like, I know it's not like they need fucking action network sponsorships. At least the guys who like, and I'm not sympathizing with these dudes who like let Wager Talk sponsor their fucking podcast. At least they're probably doing it as like a shitty form of income. You know? Well, yeah. It's like, like I mean, everyone's kind of like that, where you know you have some sort of principle, and then. If like your friend violates it, maybe you don't anymore, which maybe is fine. You know, if right, you like have right. allegiance to your friends, but you know, bet the process talks about touts and stuff. And then it's like, oh yeah, sponsored by the action network. Every episode people are like, why the fuck are you sponsored by the action network? Why don't you not? Right, In addition, right. Right. the podcast sounded terrible. It's like always awful sound. That's like part of the right. reason I stopped listening to it. You can't hear anything. And I understand I'm saying it's this so running weird. a podcast that doesn't exactly sound top notch, but <laughs> I also don't yeah, have any production costs I'm complaining about no every sponsor. episode. Yeah. Our only sponsor is JPPZ. Oh, no. yeah. What's, yeah. So do you know um, JPZ? Ghost of PZ? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Definitely. What's the deal yeah. with him and the, him and the zoo? He seems like a big zoo guy. Yeah, I don't. I think he just became fascinated by the idea that like the Cincinnati Zoo was like posting photos of the dog and the cheetah, which were kind of like dope. That like the dog and cheetah were just living together, and like the zoo was posting really good content about this okay. cheetah. Gotcha. So he's not necessarily a yeah. zoo guy, just in this specific instance. No, no, like dog guy for sure. I would say like in general, all the chat boxes are dog friendly people, and then like you just have like the Cincinnati Zoo posting kind of cool like photos of a dog and cheetah hanging out and being like, I'm just going to run with this for days. Like my current four day brand is going to be like obsession with the Cincinnati gotcha. Zoo. Okay. Yeah. I was kind of confused by that. Cause I felt like I kept seeing retweets about the Cincinnati Zoo. Um, but yeah, it <laughs> looks pretty cool. Maybe one day if I'm ever in the area, I can take a visit. <laughs> let's see. Do we have any other questions for this? Yeah, it's, uh, um, let's pretty see. good. I don't know. I don't what think should, we did. Man. What should we talk about? I mean, I, I got nothing to do all day. We can keep going. Do you have anywhere you got to be? Yeah. You're Mr. Busy. No, no. No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm kind of, I'm just like randomly busy. Just shit that just like pops up, but I don't, I'm not actually doing anything right now. Now that I'm on the phone, it's like. Yeah. Um, What else? What is the, um, I guess, wager talk? Is that something that does well? I'm kind of under the impression that pregame 
you know, makes enough money to pay some people some salaries. You know, they're not exactly rolling it and they're obviously like scamming everyone, but you know, they make a little bit of money. But I don't really ever hear about wager talk. What is the deal with them? Are there people who like, yeah, it's like buy Marco, wager talk? That, that, like Marco in Vegas or whatever. Like Marco, he's just like that other obese tout right. who, like, I don't know. I think he used to work for RJ and then I like so ripped too, him yeah. off. Or they had, yeah, they, their relationship went bad and everything went haywire. And they were just like, okay. well, let's just start our own like tout service with a bunch of obese people. Gotcha. And, and then I think that like, what was weird about wager talk was that like that was like a sports cheetah thing for a long time who like i think it's like people like him like relatively like being associated with wager talk just people just don't like because like he doesn't really have to be a fucking like he doesn't have to be a part of something like that and like you know i think there's enough people in the industry who are kind of like sure whatever like sports cheetah probably uh beats college football and i don't know what else he bats but like you know, there's probably a certain point at which it was just sort of like, you know, Teddy covers and Kelly in Vegas and like Marco are just going to like, you know, associate with each other. Like, yeah, it's shitty that they tout, but like, you can also just like bunch them all into the same group of just like total fucking degenerate losers. And then yeah. I mean, like, it's... seeing somebody else not that be involved is just like, that's bad. Yeah. I mean, there's, there, there's kind of like most of the, what people think is the true sports gambling content, you know, like the people that don't know what's going on is Fezzik and Kelly in Vegas and Todd Furman and like, oh shit, you know, like Stu Finer. Like I, I know people that yeah, I, right, exactly. I actually know humans that I went to high school with who like have brains allegedly and like have jobs and legit buy Stu Finer's picks and like think yeah, they're going to get rich or something. Like yeah. I, I could understand I mean, being I, fooled I, I by Bill Barnwell or, Aaron Schatz or Barry Horse or Joe Pita. Like, these people are at least generally smart, kind of have an idea. Stu Finer, like, is the stereotype of, like, an 80s tout. Like, what? (laughs) Right. I think that's, like, what he's this. I think that's exactly what he's trying to be, too. Like, I'm not even sure, you know. If I didn't know any better, you would think, like, this might be a fucking parody, but it's it's just not. I think he got in with all the Barstool crew, though, right? Which is, you know, kind of right. Yeah, that's what happened. Is all those like losers started getting into gambling, and they were like, "It's the same thing you said, right?" Like any dude who like pays attention to that shit or listens to them is like, "Oh, I'm sick of gambling. I love gambling." Right. And they all pick like you know some guy that they're like, yeah, you know, dude, they follow I crush so that they convince themselves they win. Yeah, I mean, I, I work with like people who I've talked to, and other people who like just in general like friends of mine who it's just sort of like you, you like be associated with them, and, and you're like end up following them on Twitter or something or seeing shit they do. And it's like, you'll, you'll like watch them scroll their Twitter feed. And it's like at Bambino bets talking about like what they think the right numbers for all the games tonight are. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Like, you're not this stupid. Like, I had a guy, um, a guy who got me some accounts one time, you know, not many, he was a bookie of mine. And then he got me a couple accounts. He was like, dude, I've got this guy on Twitter. He never loses Bambino bets. He's been betting for, <laughs> 51 years and i'm like really 51 years so he's like an older guy and he's like yeah man this guy just crushes it he just knows everything i went to the page i'm like how could anyone think this guy wins yeah it's crazy i don't know how you ever read that shit and you're like definitely this is like but that was the other thing like i probably left this out of my intro but that was probably the other the other reason why like i kind of just naturally was inclined to just like into this fucking i don't know you know seville whatever that space was like 
I would always just like it was my instinct to basically be like, if these people do win, I don't understand why they're posting about it. Like it just doesn't make sense to me to yeah. like I'm jumping on Twitter and like there's this public forum where everybody who knows how to make money doing something is just making money together. You know, there's a Favre tweet where he's like, yeah, let's you know all just sing Kumbaya and hold hands right. while we try to take each other's money, right? Yeah. And it's like <laughs> you look at it and, and you're like, well, I don't know, like I don't know how somebody just looks at that objectively and is like yeah, this dude's probably winning as opposed to like seeing the people who like brag about their losses and being like, Oh, I just like lost six figures this weekend and not thinking like that's the kind of person that probably is winning. The person who just perpetually bitches about how much they lose. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it, it takes a little bit of knowledge to realize. I mean, I remember when I first started following like, you know, legit Philly Godfather and Todd Furman and being like, okay, so like the line moves, how does this work? And it takes a while to figure out like, you know, what's actually going on. Um, oh, that's a good topic. Todd Furman, do you know, did you know his dad was like a like finance felon in Chicago? There's like uh, a really good story about how his dad got like arrested for committing some sort of like really? financial, yeah, something, yeah, yeah, he's, I forget, there's a, it's in Chicago too, it's like, I guess he, his sister went to, like, Hersey High School or something, like, okay. sub, suburban high school in, in Chicago, and, uh, and yeah, his dad was, like, a, a felon who committed, I don't know if it was, like, fraud or, like, it, it, was, it was some sort of financially related, like, crime that he was, like, Mark uh, maybe he was doing, like, a Ponzi scheme or something. Is this his name, Mark Furman? Oh, that's a, yeah, retired, that's that's a retired police detective. Oh know. no, maybe it's not Mark. What is yeah, this? that's funny. I I remember seeing Furman and like he is to me kind of like the biggest fraud that exists in the world because totally the other or in the sports betting world though the other guys who do it are for the most part like you know very obviously an idiot like you know Pain Insider and Philly Godfather like. You know, maybe they can kind of get by, but for the most part, they're idiots. Todd Furman just is like, oh, yeah, this is what I made the number. These are what the Sharps are doing. You know, back when I used to set the numbers for the market, I would do this. And, like, <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? I mean, maybe – I don't really know how Caesars operates. Like, I don't know if you, like – I think that's where he worked, right? Yeah, I think something like that. I don't, I don't know really if they take exactly a bet or if you can bet. Like, I don't really know the whole betting in Vegas sports books thing i'm under yeah. the impression he always, it's he always irrelevant himself like an odds maker he clearly wasn't he just like yeah i, I don't even think it's caesar's he was an odds maker. Caesars, who knows? Yeah, yeah i don't think he was even involved uh, yeah it's crazy i think he has like a hundred thousand twitter followers but i guess Aaron insane, yeah. he also, i think now he realizes too that like he just doesn't the best stuff and I, i'm like obviously blocked but i think like we see it through under other random like situations but like i think now his shtick is just like tweet relatively like motivating motivating sports betting things like i don't even think he like tells yes. people he wins i think he just does shit like it's exactly you know, really that. like weird vague like motivating sports betting concepts there's a guy um there's a lot of guys in stock trading who are like this who you know are the equivalent of Furman, but for stocks and they'll be like you know make sure you go with the flow like don't be afraid to take a break like having your mindset at ease is what matters and like all this sort of bullshit like bankroll management and stuff that Todd Furman would be tweeting out when it's like nope just <laughs> what's your fare <laughs> look at the market <laughs> exactly right what do you make it you know and Todd Furman got like seven the seven steps for adequately managing your fucking bankroll right it's like bankroll management if you win you are very quickly betting as much as you can like not a real thing <laughs> right. unless right. you're betting you know well, Premier League or NFL and like 
have a $10 million bankroll and are like deciding between, you know, betting 150K and 350K, but obviously that is a tiny, right. tiny, tiny subset. <laughs> right, exactly. And there's like, I, it's funny because it's reminding me of this dude who like when I was just like patrolling the forums trying to win, I don't know how like how much of that stuff you were paying attention to, but like there was this guy who was on SBR, like Ricky Steve, and I think his Twitter account was like the schlubby businessman. And he was like a guy who was just like very, very involved in this shit. And I think at one point Favre was like tweeting about him or joked with him about like how, you know, he like takes the bus to and from the sports books in Las Vegas to like grind out like super tiny. He was just a guy who was like betting off marketplaces basically and just sort of like bonus whoring during like the height of the bonuses and, you know, running up like, I don't even know how much money he was making, but probably running up accounts and just like bonus whoring and betting off market shit. And even he tweeted at one point, it was like relatively contentious a few years ago where he was like, you know, the, the, the thing to do is like manage your bankroll. Like people think betting EV stuff is really the hard part and manage your bankroll is the easy part. It's the opposite. Like finding EV stuff is easy. And I think like multiple people were like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you know, that's definitely not the case. Right. <laughs> um, but it was like weird to see that opinion from somebody who like kind of actually like wasn't firm and like wasn't you know, just like posting your seven reasons to be, you know. Yeah, I think a lot of people that do bet on like the low end, even if they make money, you know, are probably just running good or the true return numbers are really, really low. So if they do end up betting too big, because, you know, they might be betting $500 units or $1,000 units or something. Um, If you bet too big, you might like legit go broke because your edge is so, so tiny. Um, If it even exists at all, it might not exist at all. But when you have like, an actual professional like you are very quickly limited in pretty much every market except a few which you know i don't play in the ones that are huge but it seems from your discussion earlier and all my knowledge that it's quite difficult to operate in those markets oh yeah absolutely all right i've got a question from uh i've got a question from rick most annoying seville member most annoying Seville member? Yeah, most annoying civilian is what he says. Um, I guess it's annoying to who would be, like annoying to other people yeah, as whoever trolls like, the I most. Think technically, I think technically, like plus EV analytics is in contrarian bill, and he's kind of annoying. He counts as Seville? Um, I don't think so. Like it's just somebody put him in there because it was uh, like I don't know they were making a gambling list, and gotcha. so I, I wouldn't count him. As I would C-Bill. not either. Yeah. I think what I would say the the most annoying person in general, like even the most annoying, like the most annoying contrarian style is the one in which you're just like disingenuously arguing the opposite because you know it kind of look, makes you look good. There was a far tweet about this too, actually. There was the other most annoying people are the ones who just like, and I don't have anybody pegged per se, but they're just like people who post that like their Vinny was holding like three and a half when the line never got to three or something in like college basketball or whatever the fucking sport they're just like oh man like they just complain about losing like something that was just like a totally ridiculous bet that wasn't like a line that you know it's like oh man I can't believe I lost in that last second three on plus three and a half that my Vinny posted and it was like never got above plus two and a half or something and you're like, the last thing anybody really gives a shit about is like watching you complain about a number that you just like got because, yeah, you know, some idiot was posting it or it's local or whatever. Like that's just so uninteresting to me. But yeah, I find it interest uh, very uninteresting when people complain about bets. Um, 
Especially yeah, like I mean, bad complaining beats about it is like stuff. one thing especially. But the stuff that really irks me is like complaining about like but also including the fact that you were like you got sick closing like that. Uh, like you only <laughs> complain when you're like, Oh man, it really sucks that like I didn't win this bet that like closed three percent better than the one I played. Like Yeah. And these are like it's the same people who are like know the, that the three percent is the difference. Yeah. And it's like, oh, sorry, you lost. Like, like, sorry, the forty-five percent hit. Like, I like, yeah. who gives a shit, right? Like, yeah, it's the same guy who when he bets at plus one fifty, he's like, what the fuck, I lost. It's like, well, what? Yeah, right, exactly. It's like it's like the joke of like, oh, you bet somebody at like seven to one and they close it. Like, you know, we could joke about it all day, but like, there are like these hilarious like first touchdown scored markets you can bet into it, like bookmaker and other like obviously other offshore stuff in like the NFL. And, you know, you could bet somebody down from, like, 10 to 1 to, like, 6 to 1, and, like, you would not be fucking justified in being like, wow, like, I bet, you know, some random, like, tight end for the Colts to score a touchdown to be the first touchdown of the game at 10 to 1, and it closed 6 to 1, and it lost. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. People do that in the future sometimes. Like, oh, man, I got 50 to 1. It's 20 to 1 now. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Exactly. One side. Yeah. Market. It's like, oh, the hold is only the hold is only 40%. You got a little bit longer to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, who are the legit top sports bettors is another question from Rick that I guess is just going to always be asked until the end of time. Yeah, that'll always be asked. Yeah. I, guess I don't know. The, we'll legit, know. The, the legit top sports bettors that I know are uh, Favre and Diggs. Yeah. True. I um I'd say it's it's shocking Breger. to me how many are on Twitter. Like I know maybe five or six that I know for a fact like bet and win. And it's it's just yeah. kinda like crazy that's these random people, but I guess I'm the same thing, so I gotta find this tweet now for far because like I wasn't gonna read it because it just didn't fit into the conversation, but now that we're talking about it, he he tweeted in May of twenty sixteen. He said, I'm unquestionably an icon, but the real heroes are out there waiting for blue, for- blue circles 24-7 and never tweet about it. Yeah. Like, hashtag grind in, grind the, in the shadows. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. That's great. I mean, yeah, I wonder how many of those people exist because there are, it doesn't seem like there's that many people that move the markets and a lot of them seem like known and a lot are on Twitter or, you know, you kind of know of the person through a guy on Twitter or something. I wonder how many people right, are right. out there like legit grinding in the shadows it seems like it would be less than 50 percent of like the top betters would be grinding in the shadows versus like some twitter persona although maybe maybe i'm wrong i don't know like my uh, maybe this is just like the fantasy version i made up in my head but i just envision like some random like you know russian dude who studied at some like super famous but not popular like european university sure. and did, you know it's like some sort of fucking mathematics like that's just the fantasy person i made up in my head who's just like some sort of mathematical genius who just like you know always has just like never been enamored with like randomly popular like like culturally popular things was just like a fucking math nerd and was like i could make a bunch of money betting sports and then just like decided to do it and like never talked about it was just sort of like content with that and moved on yeah yeah, I mean, I guess. But that's like obviously just some we totally random, weird, made-up scenario in my head that I. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to know. That's why the question, "Who are the legit top sports winners?" will never be. Settled. But that's why I think honestly, I think my guess would be like some insane number higher than fifty percent. Like I honestly think that like I you don't know maybe like grind I just in the think that if you, if, yeah, like I think maybe. most grind in the shadows. Like if I just look at like the NFL screen on a Saturday or Sunday, and you're just sort of like who is betting this stuff like maybe they maybe
maybe they are. I mean, they're probably on Twitter, maybe just from like an informational, like information right. capacity thing, but like, but not present. Like, even if I if I look at the list of people I know who just like are on Twitter and being like braggadocious and talking about how sick they are, like, they still aren't those people. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they're yeah. Favre, he tweeted something like that one time about how like don't underestimate how many like smart people are out there willing to like bet a lot into lines that are off. Um, right. Exactly. Yeah. And just like aren't talking about it. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah, it's an interesting one. We got anything else we want to talk about, or should we wrap it up? I don't. Know. I mean, if we got something, I'm down to go with it. Otherwise, we can end it. I don't. I don't. Do yeah, you have I any questions on Twitter? I don't really have anything. Well, yeah, I, I obviously, don't have neither of us have anything. <laughs> six, Talking about random shit. Dick slicing wants me. Six, six slicing wants me to ask if Italians are white. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of like not quite in the Seville category of like willing to discuss very controversial things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, sure, um, I get it. I don't yeah. even know what the deal we'll is just, with that we'll, stuff. But, uh, <laughs> we can just slide right past that one. Yeah, maybe We're slide right by. Thick slicing seems to you know live on the edge, which I can respect. He's a man <laughs> who he <laughs> says what he, he thinks. He certainly does. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he lives on the edge for sure. Yeah, we can just <laughs> we can cruise right past that one. I'm trying to see if there's any other. Well, I got. Tyler Wise got me a little bit. Thankfully, you had my back when I tweeted out that we were going to have a delay. Oh, yeah, I was there for you. Yeah, yeah thank you. <laughs> I had to bring out the dreaded E-word, but, uh, but yeah. Well, it's funny because I posted a tweet like a day after I sent that, and I was like, I think it was a tweet where I was trolling Spanky and Captain Jack or whoever it was for like just like, you know, right. being enamored with each other on Twitter. For sure. And, and Tyler, like, Tyler liked it. I was like, oh, that's like very odd because like yesterday I definitely called you a cunt and now you're just like hey this is kind of funny yeah he makes his range super wide um I'm not sure what what's going on if he's like a master GTO player or if he's just kind of a weird guy um yeah yeah no I don't know definitely seems I don't like, know the if he's like I'm just conflating him with himself but there's definitely a few people who are like in that same realm of just like random PhDs who just like pop up every once in a while and they're just like you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but they like don't really get involved in anything else, and they sure. just, like are very adamantly like anti the people on like on Twitter who like seem like they're winning. I'm curious what you think about this, and I'm sure he will weigh in later after the podcast gets posted. What is the percent chance that that account, the person behind it, has a PhD? I'm gonna say very low. <laughs> you think it's low? That's I think good. it's I like zero. But it sounds like you think it's a hundred, so maybe it's fifty. <laughs> Honestly, I would just say fifty because, like, I mean, kind of a corny answer, but I just think that, like, basically just working off of nothing. Like, I don't know, people who get PhDs probably more likely to post about how they have PhDs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It, the other part of me that's just like that such seems like such a weird fucking thing to lie about, but there are so many people on Twitter lying about way more, way less meaningful things that that's probably not a good that's probably not good logic either yeah I'd put it at 50 alright seems reasonable um yeah I get this do you know this guy I'm seeing this guy on my twitter I've never really bet on tennis I've tried a little bit but there's a guy I follow who I guess touts or something he's called Nishikori 
uh, comma the tipster, and Corey picks. Yeah, he has like incredible results over many many picks. I think like multiple thousand, maybe four thousand or something, where he like gets no CLV and wins at like eight <laughs> percent. Yeah, the first tweet I found of his says, "I obviously prefer to beat the CLV," which was just followed by being like, you know. In yeah. this case, I'm not. I keep I seeing him go at it, and I don't really have an opinion because tennis is such a weird sport where, like, allegedly a lot of these matches are fixed, and there's, like, such a spectrum of skill levels that you can bet on. Like, usually, if you want to bet on the 500th best, you know, basketball player or something in the world, you can't bet very much. But in tennis, it's like, oh, yeah, these two dudes are playing a match for $1,000, and, like, Matchbook has 1.7 million matched on it, you know? <laughs> um, right, right, yeah. So maybe he's betting into well, those. Well, it's funny, too, because... Tennis it, is so weird, especially with, like, the injuries like, and inside info and people fixing matches. It seems like if there was going to be one market where CLV wasn't quite that good, it might be yeah, this. Oh, yeah, totally. But also, the limits are so damn big that I can't... It has to, like... He, he obviously is running good. Like Also, if this guy was hitting 8% over 4,000 picks, like... Why is he touting? Shouldn't he have like a hundred million dollars by now? Right, exactly. He should just have a bunch of money and be and have moved on. But maybe, but, he, maybe he like bets a hundred bucks a game or something and has made you know forty thousand dollars. Yeah, the tennis match match fixing stuff is really interesting because they're like, I guess there's a guy last year. I'm trying to find his name. Oh, Nicholas Kicker. He was like legit 80th ranked in the in the world or something. Okay. And ended up getting caught for like match fixing. And if you look him up, like Nicholas Kicker match fixing you can find on youtube the match where he's like clearly cheating and it's just like it's obviously just like super egregious right um but tennis has like weird stuff like that where i guess there was another thing recently where i saw this woman posting a story that was from like a russian forum where this manager yeah, like somehow that. got into a tournament and then yeah and they got into a tournament where like playing with a, one of their players and like somebody just bet a bunch of money on it and made a bunch of money despite the fact that it was like totally rigged and they like lost six zero six zero yeah, they got golden match. They lost every point. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. Crazy. I don't know what the deal is. I think, I think I didn't follow that one, so I don't know. I wish I had. I what I think happened is like a person who was barely known played another person that was not known, and the line you know was the guy they knew was a five to one favorite or something, and someone just like pounded the five to one favorite into oblivion and won. You know. Like, they were probably betting, like, right. like 1.01 at the end or something. Right, right. Well, that, that was the other weird thing to me about it was, like, are, are there really, like, markets for, like, random, like, whatever, like, second or third division? There is, there is on know. Betfair, and what's so sick it, is there's live betting on all of it, too. Sometimes it's really, um, it won't be very liquid, you know? But some of the right, stuff, like... Right. It'll, it'll, a lot of money will trade on these things. I'd say usually on a random match that might be worth $2,000 of equity to the players playing in it, there might be like 30 k matched on average at a Betfair or Matchbook. Um, well, what's so crazy about that to me is that like, if these are, you know, these are obviously exchanges, like who, who is like watching 30 k go up and like in this like match fixed, like maybe not the case of like Nicholas Kicker where it's like whatever, I didn't know the match was fixed but like the case of this manager playing this random dude like who's yeah. on the other side of that being th- like yeah, yeah. No, i'll match 30k on it i wonder if it was like okay i'll take the other dude eight to one filled then it's like okay how about 15 to one done 
And he's like, 30 right, to right, one? Done. Right. And he's like, what the, f- is this match fixed? Like, I'm getting 100 to one on this guy? You right. can't be that bad. Right. <laughs> or something. Yeah, and then you probably, watch the match, and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was insane. Yeah, right. I just, I pissed away six fingers. I didn't realize my bad. Yeah, whoops. <laughs> wrong and just like don't correct themselves ever like it'd be one thing if their entire life like their occupation what occupies a lot of the time in their life if they were an idiot at it whatever it's no big deal there's idiots everywhere but these guys are like idiots who are so strong in their beliefs it's like what is wrong with you because i think that guy on daily wager doug kazarian is kind of a good is like a better version of them because he has no idea what he's talking about but he kind of acknowledges that. So if someone says something, he'll be like, oh, okay, maybe you're right. I was thinking about it this right, way. Right. Gauker and Purdom are like, no, right, you're right. wrong. No, you're wrong. Blocked, blocked. Like, just no willingness to, like, listen to anyone and also just be such a fool. Yeah, it's, it's like, impossible for me that someone could know, could be so wrong about something that occupies so much of their time. Right, exactly. Not only that, but, like, also be so unwilling to admit that, like, the reasons that they fall in line on certain things are, like, they're, like, both, like, exactly what the characters are that define them that you would, like, guess at if you were defining their, like, the way that they are being. Like, you are, like, they're both the type of, like, the both the type of character where if you were describing what you thought they were based on their personalities or where they fall, that that's what they do. So like, it's not like a surprise because you're just kind of realizing that they are what they, they seem to be. Yeah. Those guys are weird. I mean, the whole, like, yeah, it's just weird that there's, there's like a mass demand for sports betting content from, you know, like the barstool crowd and the just regular guy crowd. And there's like a supply over the last year, 18 months or whatever. That's like trying to meet it. And they're just like all, 
idiots, basically. Um, and in addition, they would never ever listen to anything anyone said. Like you're wrong about this or something. It's just very very right, bizarre. Totally. And hopefully so it allows about being like, us to make some money. Right, right. And they're just so steadfast about being like, hey, this is something that I do. Like you know, I'm gonna jump into on Sunday afternoon or whatever, I'm going to jump in and just describe the situation as like the sports book's losing a bunch of fucking money. And then they're like, you know, uh, I'm not definitely not just shilling, like yeah. just telling you something. It's just information. You do with it what you want. It's like, Oh, fuck yourself. <laughs> All right. We are, um, at one right. hour 56. We you want to call it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can call it. We did it. I think okay. we accomplished a lot. Oh, yeah, we did. A, I think this is pretty good. It kind of tailed off at the end, but this is a lot of material. Some good, some good <laughs> shots. Hopefully, we didn't take too many shots at anyone. That was not our intention, but I'm sure there'll you know, be, be maybe a little bit drama once this is posted. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. Thanks for um, awesome. coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. See you.